Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. Hey, tonight is kind of special. It is our 40th show, and I looked up some special things to share about the number 40. It's significant. It plays into my background, where I came from, how I was raised, and some of the stuff I want to talk about. If you'll remember, in my first show, how this show would always consider as its foremost objective to preserve the dignity of the office of the presidency, despite the fact that I and many others have misgivings about even now with all this Russian stuff that's actually breaking, Rudy Giuliani changing his story. It's sad, but there was conspiracy, collusion, whatever you want to call it, and it taints the legitimacy of the entire project, but nothing can diminish the presidency, the office of the presidency. You know, I don't even think about how sad it might be for certain things to go on there. And that's not just with Trump. It's any, you know, malign act that comes out of that sacred space. It's, well, it's just how I was raised. You know, I was thinking about what that actually meant. And it's like the uh, Tom Petty song, Free Fallen, and please believe me, I'm, you know, not trying to get these lyrics perfect, but he talks about um, loves Jesus in America too, and crazy about Elvis, that stuff. And that's how I was raised. That's where I came from. And it was shocking this week because every now and then I check in on social media. It was actually an accident. I clicked on something I should have, and all of a sudden I'm getting emails from Facebook. I tried to lay off, but I had to get on to get off, and then you have to look, and my God. So some of these people that I know from my early youth, my original friends, I'm not so sure how aware they are of any part of my life, but looking at that stuff, it seems like there's a heavy bend of pro-Trump there. So. I mean, they could mistakenly take offense to what I do, which is to deal with my own anxiety and, you know, it's numbness, it's depression over this whole thing that's happening to America. It's, it's, uh, doesn't need to happen. That's what bothers me so much. But in the sense of Zen, of course, it must need to happen, you know. Everything works out like it's supposed to. I don't mean to ever be too pessimistic. And, you know, th- th- these are difficult problems and things I want solved. And But life goes on and the universe continues and with or without us all. And even if nothing is ever remembered, the universe goes on. 
So, you know, I have a lot of books. I love books. And I was able to go with my old school ways to my shelf and pull a book that explains the clearest reference we all probably recognize about 40, which is 40 days and 40 nights. It's a uh, number that's mentioned often in many traditions. But 1 Kings 19, verse 8, And the city layeth four square, and the length thereof is as great as the breadth. The length and the breadth and the height thereof are equal. And so the metaphysical meaning of the four square is completeness. And that's what I have come to in a realization today with this show, because it's it's troubling in a way, you know. You you want to open dialogue, you want people to listen, you want them to consider what you're saying and reconsider their own opinion to have a little more harmony in life. And I hope everyone is trying to make the world a better place. So, you know, I, I need to have the ability to be listened to, to exchange the ideas, and to change minds, including my own, along the way. And really, to change my mind, I bathe in the glow of at least I'm doing something because squawking locally or whatever you're doing, writing letters, this kind of stuff is, is fine, but this has a deeper meaning because, I mean, even when I talked about the end of time and the universe and it, everything could go away, but these audio waves, they go out. They'll travel the cosmos forever, so... Maybe they can be harvested as a reminder of this time, what we all went through, what one human went through when many of his cherished beliefs were threatened by, well, for instance, NATO. You know, no one thought that Donald Trump would do what Vladimir Putin would probably most like, which is to disrupt NATO, and yet... That's what's being talked about, and our world is really out of order. But again, great thanks to the Unity Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. It's a uh, pleasure to grab a book and find an answer. I love books, and I love electronic things, but I want to hold paper in my hand. That's kind of old school, I guess, and what a luxury if you think about it, but at least it's not as bad as wasting the paper, tossing the paper towels in Puerto Rico. Let let me get into a couple of things about stories we don't really want to hear. There's footage today of a news conference where Trump is congratulating everybody because so little damage and so little loss of life and well the numbers were really wrong and the um, reality of a tragedy like that is kind of hard to bear so we're dealing with a situation now with the government shutdown this could have a chain event effect on our systems of 
everything, you know. Uh, things break down, the travel breaks down, the food inspections and all these things. It, it can be kind of hard to put Humpty Dumpty back together again if it gets too bad. And this is part of what we face. So I, I talked about what it would be like with a person I haven't seen in decades to talk about politics and whatever connection you thought you might have had. If there's animosity there, goes down the tubes. I told you about looking around on Facebook again, and I saw a story about a girl. And, you know, she's probably 16. She's in a public school class somewhere, and she's taunting her teacher up on the desk, dancing and kicking like at him, but not viciously and not actually making any contact or even trying, just just being disruptive. And I felt bad for the teacher. He's an older guy, and he's just trying to keep it together, and everybody's cheering the bad behavior. But there was no real danger. And so there's a bunch of stuff about how she's going to go to jail and I, I just wrote back and said, yeah, it's hard to look at, but this is just a kid with issues, and it's not a police matter. And someone who put the post up came back with, it is a police matter because she's civilly disruptive, and, I, you know, I don't, it, she's a kid. And I hope we could have enough compassion to put ourselves like a parent her parent in, in, in that position to think about her as our own child and for her disruptive behavior. Do we want to put her into the criminal justice system to teach her a lesson? I mean, that's, that's the worst way to teach someone a lesson. So she's not born bad. She's not irredeemable. She's not the bad seed. She's just a kid. And you know, I didn't even write back to say what I just said to this person, but I wish I could, and then I don't want to, right? It's mixed emotion or cognitive dissonance. So that's pretty common nowadays. But so here I am. I told you about homeless meetings, and we finally had the one county meeting where, it, it, you know, it's the county and our spa service provider area in L.A. County, and we're one, and we fight for our share of money. And there's all this Measure H money coming to the county to solve the problem, and yet our solutions are short. And I had to point out, the county has this thing that, you know, my God, there's so many tentacles into the commitment leadership of this coalition or funding streams, and it's... Lhasa, all these places, and I would love to understand it. My goodness, I would love to have a scorecard and a flowchart. But it's made deliberately obtuse so that, you know, well, I think that's just the inherent evil of too much bureaucracy. It gets out of hand and no one can control it. And that's why I talked about the shutdown. If we're going to shut this stuff down and have no plan to get it going... It's like the kids we took away. And now that's part of what, um, the, from the refugees at the border, and that's part of what's coming out today. There is proof that that was a deliberate strategy with uh, Homeland Security and 
whoever else to make it so painful to parents that they wouldn't try and get into the country. Okay, that's a little sinister. But this is what I told the county because they say that this is their tagline. It, it didn't get bad quickly and it's not going to get fixed quickly or something like that. So they want everybody to be patient. But I tried to tell them that that's you know, not a good slogan because what it does to me is it reminds me of if they're saying it didn't get like this quickly. Well, if you have any sense, you know it's always been like this. And it's only because of the abundance of America that people have had it so well off so long that they've forgotten what hardship is. And with the unintended consequences of the shutdown and people all over this country, just, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back sort of situation. If you make more money, you have bigger bills. And so it's almost the same for everybody because you quickly run out of spendable cash and you've racked up your credit and there's really nothing left but a soup kitchen for federal employees. Isn't that depressing? People that used to make a pretty decent living and are really the backbone of our governmental system. You know, nonpartisan, just just people that do jobs. And I'm a critic of bureaucracy, but if it takes twice as much to get it done and we get it done, that's certainly better than not getting it done. Welcome back. On the break, I spent a day and I have some thoughts about, well, I waited. I waited to put up the latest news and now it looks like we're going to have to wait one more day or one more show to talk about what the big message Donald Trump is going to lay out tomorrow about the government shutdown. And, boy, you hear a lot of jokes, and but nobody really knows. I mentioned I've been watching a little traffic on Facebook and Twitter, and it's not that I'm against it. It just can interfere with functioning in ways that, well, that's all the new things, the technologies that are, are present we certainly have to realize that that is a phenomenon that there's really, because it hasn't happened or we haven't lived through a cycle of it, no data to prove what the effects are. And fortunately today I found something online about the effects of different methods that cities use to combat homelessness. So that that's kind of hopeful. 
I have a PDF of a report a woman wrote for the city of Seattle they hired. And they experimented with tiny houses. And she is leaning more towards permanent housing of a cheap sort. And that's a different task and scale for cities that are smaller than a large municipality like Seattle. So, but of course, LA County doesn't sound small, but it's very, very spread out. And I'll work it up a little bit for next week, but one of the key points was more cost-effective strategies and better measurement of the money, just really having a way to calculate you know, how big of a bang you're getting for that buck. So, but you have to have people have somewhere to live. It was, um, I, it, it always touches me. It's, it's sad. So we're driving and I turned the corner, a right turn on a pretty busy street. And there's an arrow, but there's people everywhere. And, you know, I, I, Think about homeless people, and you look around, and it's not judgmental to say that almost everyone there is someone that's a person milling around that's homeless. And the thing that struck me, you know, and you always be careful when you turn anyway. You have to be careful and look. And So in addition to all the normal paying attention and the pinpointing and trying to grasp our homeless situation. There's a count coming up and I talked a little bit about that. We have to get an accurate account, but then the money, oh, it's so confusing to try and run down all this stuff, but okay. So I'm watching and it was just sad. And I want to tell you that if I see an animal in distress or it really doesn't matter, you know, situation that needs remedying or someone being unfairly treated, I feel bad for that person or that animal or just that people have to go through stuff like that. So of all the people that were on the corner and shoving things in shopping carts and moving around, there was a young woman, and it was the look on her face. She had such despair. I mean, she looked like she was in shock, traumatized by the fact that she has to roam the streets. And I hope that she's in the nighttime shelter. But a lot of these places, you know, you have to leave in the morning and just spend the day on the streets. And if you're lucky, you can get back in there and have a dry, warm place to sleep. And I think that probably the reason people don't put themselves in other people's situations and be sympathetic in that you're simpatico with them uh, understanding their feelings or feeling it with them to the extent that, well, let's face it, that's painful, especially if you're dealing with someone who has a lot of pain. Opening yourself to that, uh, it's, it's always been difficult for me. One of the things I saw on Twitter was a post about a study that shows that people who suffer from substance abuse were most likely abused as children in some way. And, well, yeah, childhood is rough, and we do a lot of things we don't need to, and humanity is not really 
at a very evolved state in the way we actually treat and educate children. So there is a lot of that. And the shock and anger boils over. One another vein of video was scary because it was a woman who was recording a Secret Service agent that came to her door because she posted something that was, you know, beyond the standards that they tolerate when talking about the president. So, and, you know, it's so hard. People don't think sometimes when they're mad. And that must be the scariest thing in the world to have the Secret Service come to your door. And so, you know, wish no one harm and hope for the best and love America. And my goodness, let's get to the bottom of what the heck is happening. And really, rougher times are coming. It's just something that I feel. And I think it's pretty obvious to most people. So, you know, we have to say good things about ourselves, about each other, about America, about what we hope for. For My goodness, can you imagine if you could just have a wish, a prayer for the president to do the right thing? Really, at this point, that's what we have. And what we do have is a proof that the institutions of our government are holding and a new House of Representatives is going to demand some accountability for some of these things that, you know, disbanding NATO and private chats with Putin, taking the notes and having no U.S. officials in the room. Well, you know from listening to this podcast that that was something that just drove me over the wall to think that something like that could happen. Some of the hubbub in comparison today was to uh, Woodward and Bernstein and how they got one facet of the reporting wrong. And so BuzzFeed is reporting and then people are cross-checking it and stuff that Mueller has actual evidence other than Cohen's testimony that he was directed by Donald Trump to commit these crimes. So that might, you know, it prompted a uh, rare message from the special counsel's office saying that some of the facts are not right in their reporting. But one woman I saw who had been around in Watergate said that the little things like that don't matter. It's the how it plays out in the end. And so tomorrow there's an announcement. We'll see if the shutdown will end. So that gets taken off our backs. And then we'll see if... We can proceed with the rule of law and have hope. Thank you for listening. Happy 40th show. 